From the Technology Association of Iowa, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Waller, with my co-host, Molly Ross. This podcast will provide an exclusive look into technology-focused legislation during the 2021 session at the Iowa State House. We will speak with state lawmakers and Iowa technology companies from various industries on specific tech legislation, what it means for Iowans, and how it may impact technology companies across the state. The Iowa Tech Policy Podcast is proudly presented by Shazam, a member-owned debit network, processor, and core provider that believes community-based financial institutions strengthen and improve local communities. Learn more at shazam.net. Additional support provided by Davis Brown Law Firm, Google, and ProCircular. I'm here with Adrian Greenwald, Managing Principal at VentureNet Iowa. Adrian, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Glad to be here. So first of all, what is VentureNet and how are you associated with the state of Iowa in evaluating startup companies for state funding? So essentially what VentureNet does is administers Iowa's Public Innovation Funds, which are a series of low-interest loan programs for startup and small businesses that are Iowa-based and commercializing proprietary technologies in the IT, bioscience, or advanced manufacturing sectors. How long have you guys worked with the Iowa Economic Development Authority and had that uh, relationship? Oh, it's been a while. Um, I believe we are on our 15th contract with the state. And so going back before we had full, you know, fiscal year contracts, there were some partial year contracts. So it's been, um, you know, I think the initial relationship started with my predecessor in 2006, 2007. So we've been around for, for quite some time and have made significant, you know, we evolve along with the state programs and the process. Why is it important for the state of Iowa to invest in early stage companies? You know, there are a lot of entrepreneurs and innovators in in this state. And if Iowa wants to keep them here, we need those innovators who are trying to commercialize their technologies to become bankable. And depending on the technology and the commercialization path, that can take some time. And so um, the state has commissioned a number of studies over the years that have consistently said there are gaps in in early stage innovation. If you want to keep those people here and you want to keep that innovation machine humming, they need some early capital. Oftentimes when somebody has a prototype or an idea, they're, you know, venture capital's definitely not ready for them. They're not going to write a check yet. And so that's where the state can step in and say, there's, there's something here. You're on to something. You've got the foundational building blocks in place. Here's a little bit of money to help you ultimately bridge the gap to full commercialization. And, you know, the goal really is for there to be more sustainable business that are hiring Iowans uh, in Iowa. What funds are available for startup companies here in Iowa? So we've got four programs right now. They range in size from $25,000 up to $500,000, all for early stage companies. Um, The funding, again, it matches 
kind of the the progress and the milestones that a, a company would make as they're advancing down the commercialization path. So the 25,000, that's proof of commercial relevance. The companies are incredibly early. They've essentially, they've got a prototype. They know they're onto something. They need to go do some deep customer discovery and figure out, you know, does the market want this? And if they do, what are they willing to pay for it? And how do I reach those customers? That's essentially what that program is designed for. Um, and then the dollar amounts go up as the companies tick off those milestones and make their way down the commercialization path. The next program is the demonstration fund. It's $100,000. Um, essentially, that is for companies that have a market-ready product and they need to push it out there. So they need to do some, you know, hire some marketing and salespeople, get some branded collateral, go to some trade shows. They need to do a little more IP evaluation. There's some funding that can be used to hire those attorneys. They, they tend to be expensive. Their time is, is worth a lot. Um, so really, that program is to help you get the word out. And then as we advance beyond that, the next program is Innovation Acceleration Propel. That is $250,000. And that is for companies that are on the market. They've got an established management team. They are generating relatively significant revenue annually and are just, you know, kind of looking to grow. The final program, which is Innovation Acceleration Expansion, 500000 This one requires that the company, you know, their business model is validated. Not only is their annual revenue significant, but they are generating profit. Um, and that program really is designed to help them, you know, expand production capabilities. They're hiring a bunch of people and they need a larger footprint for their business. Um, that can be used for that as well. Well, I know VentureNet is on the side of evaluating these companies, and I want to dig into that. But before we do, uh, you add all that up, and we're talking tech policy and state legislator here in, legislatures here in Iowa. Um, how much totally is appropriated for these funds annually? So each fiscal year, there is an allocation of right around $4 million. And whatever is left from the previous fiscal year gets rolled into the bucket. So there can be slightly more then $4 million at the start of the next fiscal year. It just depends on, on what we saw. Um, and that particular, so the innovation bucket funds not only the innovation program, so POCR, demo, innovation acceleration, but also BioConnect Iowa administers the SBIR, STTR matching fund program. So those funds come out of that bucket as well as the Entrepreneurial Investment Award, which provides some dollars for resource providers that are working specifically with these innovative entrepreneurs in the state. So what industries are hot coming with new company ideas? Uh, you're evaluating companies. So what industry are you seeing the most of? So IT, far and away, is what we see the most of. That's probably between 55 and 60% of the applicants. Um, and that encompasses... I mean, everything from digital and precision ag to enterprise software to, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of um, people want to know this being Iowa. <laughs> we're an ag state. We produce a lot of food and consumers are, are really starting to want to know exactly where their food came from. You know, where did this corn grow and what was put on it? Um, or where did this steak that I'm grilling come from and what was it fed? 
those types of things. So we're seeing a lot of, you know, it's kind of monitoring systems to keep track of not only like animal or crop health, but, you know, should there be, I think we've all seen news stories about salmonella or, or E. coli. These types of monitoring and tracking systems allow the farmers to identify specifically where the problem was and pull those products off the market you know, as fast as possible. You kind of talk through the stages of what companies uh, are involved with when you're interacting with them. Are there gaps in the funding ecosystem here in Iowa beyond that? You know, I think you can talk to any entrepreneur in the state and they'll, they'll say, we need more funding. <laughs> There's always a need for more. Um, and if you're looking specifically at venture funds, when you compare Iowa to other states in the Midwest, we don't get a big slice of that pie. Um, so we could definitely do better at attracting funds um, from outside of the state. That being said, you know, there are people within the state that are able to write those big checks. Um, it's just a matter of knowing where to find them and getting ideally a warm introduction um, and knowing who you're talking to and what technology niche they're comfortable with. Um, I think oftentimes there's a little bit of a misconception about how like raising capital and venture capital works and people are, are like, well, I'll just go talk to them and they'll write me this check and then I can develop my product. And, you know, oftentimes, especially when it comes to venture funding, there's a revenue threshold you've got to be generating. It's usually right around a million dollars before you'll get a serious look. I think this being Iowa, when it comes to funding. And because we are such a small state, you can have conversations with people earlier than you would be able to if you lived on you know, one of the coasts where there's way more people <laughs> and the people writing the checks don't have as much time. So that's a, a definite benefit here. The networking capability is something that's really, really incredible here because no matter who you talk to, if they can't help you, they can think of one or two or three other people who might be able to. And for the most part, everybody's always willing to facilitate those introductions. And I think one day we'll be able to drink coffee with each other again in public spaces. But for now, you know, meeting on Zoom and, and still like those introductions and those conversations are still happening. Yeah, that network is important. That's why I always say talk to Adrian at VentureNet and you'll way find yourself, yourself there. Um, I'm really interested in the evaluation process. I think it's really smart that the state of Iowa uses outside experts to vet these companies. So can you talk about the process of evaluating companies and who you bring to the table to help that process? Sure. So I clearly do not know everything. Um, and my predecessor, John LaMarche, would, you know, he would willingly say, I also do not know everything. Um, and that was the genesis for the process in recognizing that there are people that do know a lot and bringing a group of people together to evaluate a prospective project or company that's applying for the programs is much, much better than just having one person who may or may not know, you know everything about a particular technology. So essentially what we do, um, if you're familiar with Shark Tank, <laughs> the evaluation process is like the Iowa nice version of Shark Tank. It's not as dramatic and it, it lasts a little bit longer. Um, what we do is get between four and six people around the table. We essentially, it's like we're putting together a board 
So we want a finance person, an IP attorney, a business generalist, a marketing person. If the technology is something that's really specific, so oftentimes when we're looking at biomedical or bioscience stuff, somebody with a background that's relevant to that who can ask the questions that I definitely you know, wouldn't think to ask. Um, we have presenting companies come in, give a 20-minute presentation, 45 minutes of Q&A from our esteemed group of sharks or panelists. Then we go through uh, an evaluation criteria. So there's a set evaluation for each program. That evaluation then becomes a supplemental piece of the application, which goes on to the Technology Commercialization Committee, who makes that fiduciary funding recommendation for anyone that's applying. So there's a presentation and Q&A, and then we compile it all together to help the state make their decision on giving out the funds. You mentioned Iowa Nice Shark Tank was a really great uh, description of that. Um, does Iowa Nice get in the way sometimes when you're evaluating these companies? Because this is rough stuff and they need some really clear feedback. Can Iowans be too nice in this world of giving feedback and evaluating? You know, I think the first panel, everybody comes in and they don't want to say too much and they don't want to be too critical. Um, but generally, once they've been through it, they're not afraid to provide honest feedback. And I think that's really probably the most critical piece of the process is that the presenter is going to get, you know, not only the good, but they get the bad as well. Like these are the areas that you need to work on. Um, and I think that that, so we, we also send surveys after anybody has come through the process. And by and large, one of the comments we hear most frequently is that the feedback that they got from the panelists, good and bad, was the most important part of the process because it really helped them to see things a little bit differently and make some changes that then impacted the success of their business. Over the last decade, you've seen lots and lots of Iowa companies and dreams come through and teams. Uh, can you pinpoint one thing that makes a successful company emerge from a startup to beyond that? Ooh, you know, I think what it really comes down to is there's this like magical mix when you've got the right people together. And you can't, I mean, I can't say there's this one ingredient that makes it work, but you know, it's often you've got multiple people that really care about the problem they're trying to solve. They're doing it with complementary skill sets. So it's not all technologists who are just trying to keep working on the, their product. Um, they're looking at the business from a variety of perspectives. And not only are they working in the business, but they're working on the business. So it's not just the day-to-day -day things. It's kind of making sure that there are enough people on board who are able to take care of the details, you know, make sure those calls are made. Um, get product out the door, but also the people that are looking at the big picture and figuring out where you're going to be in five, 10 years. All right. My last question for you, you are surrounded by big ideas all the time. So what's your big idea for Iowa? This is a big question. <laughs> I don't, you know, I think what I hear overwhelmingly from um, people whenever I leave the state, which I plan to do sometime again, in the hopefully near future is like Iowa. Whoa. Like what, what's going on there? What do you have like potatoes and 
like, no, that's Idaho. But I think people don't recognize what Iowa has to offer. And so once I can get them here and they experience Des Moines and they can see that we really do have more than just fields um, and, and feedlots and, you know, farms and stuff like that, that Des Moines is a pretty amazing city um, with lots of really interesting people that are doing cool things. And so I think my big idea for Iowa would be let's double down on that. Let's keep doing innovative, cool stuff. And let's try to bring more people here, exporting the good, the niceness. Like let's develop some technology that, that helps and solves some real problems. Well, Adrian, uh, thanks for all you do to help Iowa technology startup companies emerge and navigate state funding uh, and your role in that. And thank you for joining me today on the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Brian. Next on the podcast, Molly Ross sits down with Eric Engelman, general partner at ISA Ventures. But first, a brief message from Davis Brown Law Firm. My name is Jason Stone, a lawyer at Davis Brown Law Firm, soon to be Denton's Davis Brown. Our team helps structure transactions in tax-efficient ways so our clients can grow their business and wealth. For more information, head over to davisbrownlaw.com slash TAI. I'm here with Eric Engelman, general partner at ISA Ventures. Eric, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Excited to be here, Molly. So you're currently a general partner at ISA Ventures, which you helped found, but you have a lengthy history in Iowa's startup industry, including founding and building Geonetric and the Iowa Startup Accelerator through NuBoCo. Can you talk to us a bit about your experience starting and growing those organizations? Sure thing. Uh, I started my first company at age 24 in 1999 and quickly realized I didn't know what I was doing. Um, honestly, we were, uh, this was Geonetric, and uh, we were basically building web applications for people who needed them back when that was a newfangled sort of thing. And honestly, we stumbled into an industry that was hot at the right time, and we rode a wave and luckily didn't fall off. Um, and, uh, you know, 15-ish, 17-ish years into that, basically, I got bored uh, and decided I wanted to do something else and realized, you know what? I wish there were different and better resources available for entrepreneurs and founders. There were some really cool resources, just not as much as I thought there should be. And so we created uh, the nonprofit NuboCo and raised a small venture fund to go alongside it at the time. That was a $1.7 million fund. Um, the intention at that time was to launch an accelerator program, uh, which was Iowa Startup Accelerator. That was the first of its kind in the state. Uh, we modeled it after some we had uh, researched elsewhere. I traveled to London to look at the Barclays Accelerator, for example, uh, just to get examples from places around the world to see how, how they were structuring these things to support entrepreneurs with capital, with talent, with mentoring, coaching, and resources that uh, just weren't easily available in Iowa at the time. Anyway, uh, that fund and that program invested in 41 companies over five years. Uh, some of them are doing great. Most of them are still here in Iowa. They have gone on. This is a really interesting statistic. That $1.7 million we invested, they have so far gone on to raise more than 20 times that much from other investors, mostly from outside of Iowa. 
So this little bit of money that we're giving them extremely early in those companies' history, they basically leverage that money to get money from elsewhere to flow into Iowa's businesses um, to make great progress. Uh, the new fund uh, that we've launched, uh, we just kicked off in the middle of a pandemic, which I don't recommend. Uh, we launched it in July of 2020. Um, got uh, 80-odd investors so far from all over the state. Um, yeah, those are kind of the big ones. I got my fingers in a few other startups and things, but those are the main ones that I've, I've been focused on. So you mentioned when you started uh, the Iowa Startup, Startup Accelerator, there weren't a whole lot of resources in Iowa for startups. What would you say is the state of Iowa's startup industry currently? Uh, it's come a long way, uh, and there are a lot of people, I think, doing the spade work that has moved moved it forward. So there's half a dozen accelerators all over the state of different kinds and, and different uh, value propositions that they offer to founders. Uh, some of them come with money and some of them don't. Some of them are tech-focused, some of them are not. Um, and I think the variety of programs has really allowed Iowa to attract and work with entrepreneurs of different types in a way that certainly our, our little one could not by itself. Um, but also on the capital front, things have changed tremendously as well. There's now a bunch of different funds out there. Um, and I feel like a lot of them have, they've gotten a little more progressive over time. Um, they've gotten, and, and aggressive maybe is a better word, uh, because they're really moving earlier in, in the investment life cycle, which was one of the reasons we created what we did. Uh, there was capital available if you reached basically revenue generating solid company, uh, you could go raise several million dollars probably, but everything before that was extremely hard to find. Um, and, and honestly, the qualifications were challenging to get to, which, you know, they should be, I suppose, to, to a degree. But the idea that we had was we want to invest at the earliest stage and quickly whittle them down to the best ones and then put more chips on those deals um, as we do it and surround them with uh, founders who've built businesses before. Most of the team at our venture fund and uh, many of them at Nuboco are prior founders of businesses. Um, so we kind of know what we're talking about, having started multiple businesses over the years. Um, and then surrounding them with talent. Uh, you might have seen how, uh, uh, particularly the way, this is not just Nuboco, but we've got a code school that we mint new technical talent. I want to say they're going to be approaching 100 graduates of that program by the end of this year in aggregate over the last four or five years. And several of those have joined startups. So when we're talking with founders, you know, and I think this is true across the state with Iowa State, with University of Iowa, like we're all figuring out how to bundle the resources that make sense for founders in a way that was just wasn't there 10 years ago. Uh, they were all discrete and independent of each other. And now they're connected in a way that they, they never were before. So talking about ISA Ventures, uh, can you share with us a bit about how much you've raised and, and what your goals are? Yeah, uh, right now I'm just over 17 million raised, uh, which is on the scheme of, of the world of venture, it's a tiny, still a tiny fund. For Iowa, it's a pretty good sized fund. It's literally 10 times the size of the one we had. Uh, we expect this one to round out at about 20 million by the time we're done. Um, I will hit the cap on the number of investors that I can uh, have by the SEC. Um, and that's enough to do what we want to do for now. Are you finding a lot of funders here in Iowa or are you still having to go outside of the state? No, all, well, all of the investors in our fund are from Iowa, um, which is a really big deal. Uh, so our fund can only invest in Iowa companies um, by the way we've written it, uh, but that also qualifies all of our investors for uh, tax credit. Uh, they essentially get 25 cents back for every dollar that they invest. And the purpose of that is to say, look, if you just want exposure to startups as an asset class, 
Like you definitely do not need me to do that. You can just go online and invest your money and gamble it on startups anywhere in the world. Go nuts. Uh, the intent, I think, of our fund and you know, working with the Iowa Economic Development Authority on the tax credit program called the Iowa Innovation Fund tax credit is to basically incent investors to say, look, you should put your money in Iowa. It's a smaller pool. It's got great opportunities in it. But instead of putting it into companies in California or New York, we want you to put it into Iowa companies. And I feel like that's a win for everyone. I do too. I think that sounds great. Uh, so it sounds like you're filling one gap with ISA Ventures. Are there other gaps in the startup or venture capital world that you currently see in Iowa? Yeah, there there are still some uh, that are out there. And, uh, you know, I think the uh, the way our fund is set up, uh, we every almost everybody we invest in is participating in some of our programming, um, and so one of the big changes for us has been to extend the what was originally Iowa Startup Accelerator was a ninety day program just for early stage, uh, and as we the new fund can invest much later now we invest multiple times and I think that's one of the things that's different about our fund will be the first check and sometimes the second third and fourth check uh, as your company grows which is unique in Iowa. But the programming that went with it needed to change. Our coaching models needed to change. Uh, the, the way we work with founders needed to change. So now it's much more about uh, measuring the key performance indicators of your business as it grows, as it changes, uh, doing a lot more financial analysis than we ever did. Because honestly, for a lot of our companies were all pre-revenue. There, was, there wasn't much financial stuff to do yet. They were still figuring it out. Now we've got companies with 20 and 40 million in revenue uh, that are growing and hiring like crazy. And their problems are finding workforce to, to join their companies from somewhere, uh, managing a wildly growing machine and being able to find the leaders who can run a company uh, that's growing like this. There's not that many examples of them in Iowa. Um, and just the connections that they need to continue to grow and build corporate partnerships with you know, custom, potential customers or even acquisitions of their businesses down the road. What are some opportunities that you see for the Iowa legislature to help organizations like yours and startups across the state? You know, I think there's there's a few. Uh, the uh, legislation uh, SSB 1196, I believe, is the one that makes, makes a minor technical modification to the legislation that's already there that just allocates tax credits between the innovation funds like ours and angel investors. Uh, that ratio is just off. And so a whole bunch of tax credits get wasted every year. And that's unfortunate. Uh, at least fixing that would be at least be a step forward. Uh, but, you know, uh, Wisconsin has just proposed a bunch of legislation, including uh, a, a monster hundred million dollar venture fund that invests in Wisconsin companies, investing money in uh, uh, underrepresented founders, uh, ecosystem support programs like Nuboco. Uh, they're doing some really cool stuff in Wisconsin. And I wish that was more of the conversation in our legislature right now, uh, because I think this is a time to really double down and invest. There's so much momentum there. Uh, Missouri has done some things as well uh, with the uh, Right to Start movement, uh, which is a, a friend of mine who's kind of set that up with the Kauffman Foundation over the last few years, really trying to set policy at the state and federal level that is really about supporting startups. And just as an example, it would be things like uh, uh, requiring governments or at least preferring governments to buy things from companies that are less than five years old in your state, which seems reasonable if that product exists, that maybe that's a good investment to make to create new jobs and new wealth in the state of Iowa. Awesome. So we're kind of touching on this already, but what is a big idea you have for Iowa? Mm, there's many, because uh, if you know me, I have lots of ideas that many of them never go anywhere. Uh, but one that we're working on right now really hard is 
how to bring investors together. Um, right now, most of the Iowa investment community is pretty fragmented into a few angel investment groups or informal clubs and a couple of, you know, a couple of doctors meet up on a Sunday at a barbecue and say, sure, let's put $50,000 into that drone company. That's cool. Um, what we're trying to do is to wire that together to reach rural areas, uh, because basically almost all of the angel activity in Iowa is coming from investors who are in the cities. And we want to reach out to uh, investors potentially all over the state of Iowa in towns big and small and basically connect them together to make deals happen. And I think that's one of the maybe misconceptions is that all of the, the capital that our fund and the other venture funds in Iowa, that they're all going to the urban areas. And it's probably true that there is a lot that goes to the urban areas, uh, but there is a lot happening outside of that as well. Uh, we just completed a deal with a company in DeWitt, Iowa, for example. We have a company in Brighton, Iowa, um, in places where people don't expect them to be. And so part of our, our big idea for this year that we're really working on is how to connect the investors because they already know who the startups are in these towns that maybe I don't bump into because I spend most of my time in Cedar Rapids. Uh, this is a way for us to get connected to both the founders and the investors all over the state of Iowa and uh, make sure everybody has a, a place to play in the startup ecosystem that really doesn't today. Eric, thank you for your role in building Iowa's startup ecosystem. And thank you for joining us on the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. You're so welcome. Thanks for all you're doing to help Iowa's technology ecosystem. That wraps up this episode of the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. At TAI, we believe every company is a technology company. Join us over at technologyiowa.org to help build and unite Iowa's technology community. If you like this podcast, please share it with your colleagues and friends. Thank you to Shazam, Davis Brown Law Firm, Google, and ProCircular for making this podcast a reality. Thanks for listening.